0: Welcome to the Urban Lifestyle Report, and I'm your host, Carolyn Morris-Walker. of my Legacy Project, the Urban Lifestyle Report podcast, and I'm your host, Carolyn Morris-Walker. Can I tell you, I'm absolutely thrilled and delighted to have with me Ishmael Waterman, a multi-talented photographer, retoucher, and art director, as my guest on this platform that exemplifies blacknificence and black excellence. Urban Lifestyle Report is a space and a place to showcase the many talents of Black and African people who are often invisible, not acknowledged, and not celebrated in popular media for their talents, achievements, accomplishments that contribute positively to the community and to the world at large. So I'm delighted when I meet people in my community who are doing amazing and outstanding work in a plethora of areas. They're educators, they're creatives, they're influencers, they're game changers, entrepreneurs, innovators, artists, founders, investors, change makers who are igniting, building, and transforming our community in a variety of ways. They're engaging in these activities, whether it's full-time, part-time, as a side hustle, and making their passion and vision come to life. And I believe the community needs to hear about you. So, who's here with me today? It is Ishmael Waterman, and I'm delighted to have you with me today, Ishmael. Mm,
1: what an intro. <laughs> <laughs> thank I just, you. Oh my
0: gosh, thank you.
1: It's a honor to be here and to occupy space with you. This is, this is a vibe, I'm, I'm gonna enjoy this You're a lot, gonna... I can already tell.
0: Oh, very, very good. So I, being in your presence and seeing your creative works, you know, when I first encountered you and met you, it was because of your Rapture solo exhibit, mm-hmm. and it was soul moving, spirit lifting, mind blowing.
1: Thank you, that was entirely the intention
0: And it was all of that. It was all of that. So I just want to shout out Jodi-Ann Beckford for a minute because Mm -hmm. she is actually responsible for how we connected in a way that she doesn't even know. I learned about Rapture from her IG post Mm -hmm. and I saw your work and I was like, oh my gosh, I have to go to this. And secondly, she's responsible for this lovely piece of machinery that I'm recording on today. <laughs>
1: so interestingly, this is the second podcast I've ever been on. The first one being Jody Ann's E Project.
0: Okay,
1: so that's a very nice little full circle. Full right circle
0: there. moment, right? Mm-hmm. So tell the people about who. Give us a little bit of background about who you are, and I'll stop, so Ooh, that they can
1: hear you. Are. I am. You know, that's uh, broad. A, It's a broad question and it's a fun question because uh, since the Rapture project, I've been um, exploring the concept of identity and have come to a conclusion that depending on your picture frame, you might find it's offensive. And that's that identity is really just a false thing. I can say what I've done. I can say things that I've achieved in my life thus far. Uh, As you introduced, I'm a photographer. I'm an artist. I am a composite artist. I am a brother, an uncle, a son, a friend, and uh, at times a mentor. I hope to expand on that in the coming months and years. About myself, I am an individual who practices their spirituality through their art. And I discover more and more of myself and what self is as I create my art. And that is an ever-changing and ever-expanding experience.
0: When did you know art? What was the genesis? What, What was that thing? Do you remember that moment when you said, This is what I want to (laughs) do.
1: Honestly, it's a compilation of moments. Um, Okay. I've been doing for 14 years now. Okay. And I can sincerely say that 13 of those years, I didn't know that art was what I was meant to do necessarily. Um, It was more so kind of just what I did. Okay. Um, I, I always brag that I've never had a job. I Uh, love that. I've always created and worked for myself. I've always found ways to manifest what I needed Mm -hmm. and live accordingly. Uh, In the last year or so, starting uh, just before the Rapture Project, actually, with a project that I'm still working on, a graphic novel with a a dear friend of mine. Oh, wow. you're
0: just full of all kind of talent. Like, we think talent, but you've got
1: talents. So. I'm, I'm having fun right <laughs> I now. I
0: love it.
1: That project, in conjunction with Rapture and a few other things I have going on, really made me realize that, oh, wow, I can actually just make anything. Mm-hmm. And once that switch went on, it became very evident to me that what I meant to do was create. Because with the ability to create anything, it means I have the ability to steer perception. And I often refer to myself as a perceptual artist more so than a visual artist because okay. I find creating something visual is just a stimulus. When you can create something perceptual where it moves the way you perceive, the way you think, the way you absorb, the way you interact, mm. it uh, it leaves more impact and can change the world
0: i love that i'm gonna go back to rapture because that's where i feel this connection how we connected and i remember a contest
1: winner i am your (laughs) contest winner love how life does these things
0: you know and you don't even know that destiny is working things out for your good Mm. While you're in the process of the moment and looking at it in the physicality and that.
1: Divine order from chaos. Right?
0: So I'm like looking at it, I've got to buy the ticket, I've got to buy the ticket. And I was like, every day I said, no, I'm going to do it tomorrow, I'm going to do it tomorrow. And then I was going to do it Friday, I was like, definitely do it. And then I have this lovely email from you that I have won tickets. And I am just blown away. (laughs) And you asked that I make a video, and I love that. But the piece that I think hit me the most was that the universe wanted me to be at your exhibit. Even though I said I was going, the Mm -hmm. universe was like, just in case, we're going to make sure she is there. And I brought a very dear friend of mine, and like I said... I'd seen the work on the IG page, but there is no accounting to seeing it uh, up close and personal. There is no words to the feeling and the essence of the work. So tell the people about the rapture.
1: You know, that description, I, I... wish I could humbly say like oh why are you flattering me but like no that's what it feels like that that's something that caught me off guard as well because when working on the images I knew that they were special I knew they carried an energy I knew the energy that I placed into them however seeing it in a space and experiencing it that room was vibrating on a love wavelength and it was to, to date and prior, never experienced anything like it. I have every intention of bringing that experience to more places in the world. Mm. Um, that that was an affirmation of purpose for real. That that's what that show was for me. That's what that project is for me, and I, I'm actively working on making sure I don't speak of it in past tense because, because it's still it's present an active thing. Absolutely, but that show was a uh, awakening. Very, very awakening. What would you like to know about the project? Because there's so many layers to it, and I'm not sure where to start. I'm so so bad at at talking points without, like... No worries, no worries. Okay, so
0: the piece that... So there's several pieces as you were speaking Mm -hmm. about the exhibit that resonated with me. Uh, One of the pieces when you said you traveled uh, to Europe, Mm. to Italy, and when you looked around, there was all of this celebration of okay. the human form, body, and what was missing was us.
1: That was uh, an element of the conception. As he said, I was traveling. Uh, anytime I travel, I love stepping into spaces of worship, uh, especially whatever the primary space of worship is in that region of the world. I think it's very fascinating seeing how people connect with God. Mm. And with that being said, seeing what the commonalities are, because in a lot of today's social politics, we look at what creates the differences between people, you know, you follow Islam, you follow Christianity, you are a Jewish person, you Mm. are a Hindu, and seeing those as such different things, but realistically, especially when you take the time to really research all these different faiths, it's the same school of thoughts. It's very much the same school of thought it's just different teachers. And we've all gone to school, so we know that a teacher can make all the difference in how a curriculum is delivered to you. They will put their own spin on it, their own allegory on it, their their own way of communicating it based on the culture they're in, the lifestyle that people are about, and everything like that. But at the end of the day, the curriculum is still the curriculum. So when I step into these spaces of worship, it's really to understand, all right, what's What's the same? As
0: opposed to what is different. Because
1: we're more alike than we're different. Correct. And I I believe that across humanity. Um, And it took me a lot of maturing to reach that realization because growing up, um, I was very much focused on a more divisionist mindset. Mm. Um, My parents are... Heavily steeped in the Black Power movements that were going on in Trinidad, so with Black liberation mindset, there also comes biases. There's, Absolutely, it's just a na- natural thing. You can't be extreme on one thing without having extreme views on another, um, which was very formative in my development and my constant seeking of expanding on what it is I know about myself, my people people who are not myself and realizing that people who are not myself are myself. That that awakening is something that I have to thank my mother for, for real? wholeheartedly because in everything that she taught me she made sure that I had an upbringing that gave me exposure to all religions. We weren't practicing all the religions, we were just studying them. Mm. Um, I was raised in Islam and one of the key teachings in Islam is to learn about others because if you position yourself from a mindset of xenophobia, or a mindset of exclusion, you are failing to see God's creation?
0: I like to call myself a citizen of the world. Um, because, okay, so I'm, I, I'm a militant black power. I'm, I tell people I love all people. I'm Mm -hmm. a citizen of the world. I love all people, but I do love black people the most. Yeah. Hands down. Unapologetically, right? But that being said, I really like, I've navigated through the world, through Asia, Mm. through Europe, through Canada, and I found people, they gravitate to me. So Mm. this, I I get to understand people from this perspective, but they also understand me as, ah, black woman. Yes. I I see
1: me Yes, it's it's the perception. Okay. It's this once again perceptual artists, recognizing the importance of perception and how the evolution of perception can result in so much more from humanity at at whole. Um with with the Rapture project I was exploring our eternal selves and what that means. So Rapture being when God comes and takes the chosen, one, chosen children and brings them up into heaven so that they can live eternally. And that, that whole allegory, what it meant to me, speaks towards the fractal nature of our existence. That being said, you know, we are born, we live, we die, parenthesis on right. <laughs> quotation fingers, and then we're born again. Some call that reincarnation, some call that heaven, some call that hell, some call that purgatory, some call there, there's Variety. endless names. Exactly. And names, words are, they get in the way. They get in the way because we create a, a fixed idea of what these things are without understanding the full scope of what they can be. As I was saying with this project, I really wanted to explore what it is to be eternal. All of the depictions, even though I'm showing black bodies and I'm showing human form, they are a metaphor for spirit, for energy, for a continuation. So even in um, the big piece, it's titled He, which is a Kemetic word for God or God of the flood or the creation God that image is a vortex of bodies, 360 bodies being pulled towards the light. And I compare that to sperm racing towards the egg or light being pulled into a black hole or anything in existence that moves in that same spiral waveform. The The back of your head that has the exact same spiral. So with that, I, I really wanted to draw emphasis to the fact that this is temporary. We, we exist, but we don't necessarily exist as this. We perceive as this. That's where my art is going and what, what my intention is with the projects that I'm creating. I focus on melanated peoples because in this perceptual realm, there is a active ignoring of us. So, I want to. Bring and
0: I think dismissive of us
1: as extremely well. Extremely
0: dismissive of us. And exclusion. And exclusionary, of course.
1: Of course. So, with that being said, I want, I want to highlight us mm. because we exist here.
0: And if not us, then who? Right?
1: <laughs> I'd be doing something different. Exactly. <laughs> I'd be focusing more on Halo Cult and making my tools rather than making images. But that's not the reality right now, the reality right now is I perceive us, I perceive that I am one of us, Mm. and I want to make sure that I exalt us, because for a very long time we have been removed from all images that connect us to spirituality. Mm. We have been excluded from all dialogues that reference a human frame in divinity, and With that being said, I want to make sure that by the time I'm ready to leave this plane, I've done a work that has shifted the way black people and melanated peoples across the world see themselves.
0: Wow. Rapture. All I can say, people, you need to see this incredible work. And of course, we're going to leave your contact information and all of that because... It was breathtaking. And I remember you asked me a question, when did I know I was divine? And that stopped me up. I I was like, huh? That was a really tough question for me to think about and digest. And when I saw the pieces and the love for us in our nakedness, which had this ethereal impact, oh. Ishmael, I can't even begin to
1: tell you. You know, that's another thing worth mentioning. Black nudity, the black body, the way it's shown in today's culture, you you can't go on Google and type in the word ebony and expect <laughs> to see anything wholesome. You know? Oh, my so, gosh. So with that being said, th- there's also a mission to take away the hypersexualization that is imposed course, on us, yes. and make sure that we and the world around us recognizes that we are divine beings. Mm-hmm. Our 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 bodies are temples. It it's gonna take a lot more than some images to to push this to the, to the place it needs to be pushed to. Because at this stage, most music is pornographic. Mm-hmm. Uh, Netflix is doing a really impressive job of slipping pornography into just mainstream media and though sometimes it's done in a way where it's like visually presented in a not raunchy way the intention is still there and sexuality is a very divine thing, it's a very divine process and it's taken for granted in such a huge way once again, going back to music, uh, there's th- th- the culture of the music is a culture of spilling your seed, mm. rather than retaining retaining it, it. right? And recognizing mm. what the energy can and do And the reverie for,
0: you. for the community exactly is, is, is often lost as well. Yeah.
1: And as a result, it it raises people in a very lost manner because we come up on music. Music is a huge part of life and. That's something that the the corporations that are distributing the music know. And if music were a conscious thing where it was about love, about prosperity, about Mm. family, Mm. about golden era music, you know, Marvin Gaye times, like that type of vibe. For real. You would see a difference in the culture, Foundational right? Foundational music. Exactly.
0: Culture
1: music. Music is drugs and sex right now. Right. And, and the, the drugs of choice in music right now are scary. Like, mm. people are. Thinking
0: t- about M- Molly? Yeah. I don't even know what that is. I'm like. Molly is who meth- is she? Molly is
1: methamphetamine. <laughs> I'm like, who's Molly? <laughs> Molly is crystal meth. That's crazy. If you know anything about crystal meth, like. It, all right, if you go in Toronto, like, in the areas where there's men's shelters, and you see a couple of people who, like, are missing teeth, and they're, like, really jittery and s- cracky. Right. We, we would say they're crackheads because that's, like, the frame of for reference, frame of reference for, right. for most people. But that's meth. Molly is that.
0: Yeah. And the, the characters are a bit sketchy looking. They're mm-hmm. celebrating this, and it's... Yeah, th- yeah. Like, the And it's funny, Ishmael, because I tell, I, and, and this is going to be like a broken rap chord, <laughs> but what I remember in growing up, I was born and raised in England. My parents are Jamaican. My mom went to England when she was 16. My dad was in his late 20s. Mm-hmm. And what I remember growing up in my household was, say it loud, I'm black and I'm proud. Right. And Marcia Griffith, mm-hmm. to be young, gifted and black and that was that's sunday Mum's cooking the rice and peas and she has stewed the chicken and and this is the the soundtrack Just of think my about what
1: that did for you hmm? on, on a conscious and a subconscious level, level what that how that helped raise you like these days, anytime I see a little kid singing Weekend, I can't feel my face when I'm with you, and that dude won a Nickelodeon Kids Award for that song, for a song about cocaine. Wow. It's disgusting. It's, it's vile, and it's something that needs correcting. It needs healing. A lot of people, when I, when I was presenting the Rapture Project in November, we're saying, "Wow, you really did this for the culture," and I was correcting him. I was like, "No, the culture is sick. I'm doing this to destroy the culture. We need a new one. Like, mm. The culture is like self-cannibalizing. I don't want to be a part of that. I'm a black man, yes, but the culture that people are presently coining as black culture is not been headed. That's a social
0: op- construct of what that, our culture. Yeah. Is. And, and it sells. It's a marketing piece. It's of a how culture it that's headed to
1: us by Babylon, and we accept it as our own and believe it. And it's a, it's a social brainwashing. This is deep. It's it's. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm I'm making sure I don't curse. I'm I'm doing a uh, a blog now. Yes. And I've been every time I curse, I I cover deep up my mouth it. with um like religious symbols. And people were asking me, why are you doing that? And I'm like, because I want to replace my curses with blessings. A- as I'm getting passionate and I'm saying all this, I have to be mindful. and <laughs> Right, because
0: this legacy project's for my grandbaby yes. as well. And so, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, and and, and uh, that's a good tie into your vlog. So, one of the reasons I reached out to you. You spoke about stepping out of your comfort zone Mm -hmm. and doing things you generally would say, nah, not my thing, Mm -hmm. not doing it. And here we are, and you decided to engage in a few different things that you said, you know what, let me try some, let me try a ting, let me say what I want. So tell us about that journey. Tell us about that.
1: You know, that journey is, uh, still being discovered because there are a lot of things that I want to discuss on the vlog, but I also don't want to be put on any government lists. Right. So I'm being mindful and conscientious, and uh, it's challenging. It's challenging because I I, I was raised in the type of household I was raised in. So the kind of conversations that we generally have Mm -hmm. are the type of things that I really want to bring to it. But it's a... Kitchen
0: table talk.
1: Yes. And it's the type of thing where we live in a culture that celebrates freedom of speech, but it doesn't really exist Exactly. Um, unless it's in alignment with whomever's agenda. So that being said, I'm, I'm still adapting to it. I'm enjoying the process. The very first vlog that I made, it took me like two hours to film it. And the most recent one only took me 15 minutes. It's something where I'm, I'm definitely learning, and I'm a fast learner, so I'm adapting to it quickly and getting more comfortable with it.
0: And I also like the piece that you said you went to St. Edward Gardens, was it? And uh, Allen Gardens. Allen's Gardens, mm-hmm. and you're not a still photographer.
1: Yeah, still but life.
0: Still life photographer, but you, it captivated you. And, and so, speak about how. I
1: have always been enchanted by flowers. I I was a little boy who would wear flowers in his hair just because I thought they were beautiful and I didn't see it as a masculine or a feminine thing. It was just, look how beautiful this is. I'm beautiful. We're oh. beautiful together. Oh. Wow. Um, so with that being said, I always love going to Allen Gardens, especially in the winter because it helps me recharge. It's being around greenery and nature, nature. and it smells good and there's all these cute kids running around. So it's... It's a recovery period every time I go there. And oddly, every time I go there, I never bring my camera. Um, I've actually, for a majority of my career, have never been an individual who would carry their camera with them and just document life. It's actually weird that I don't have it with me right now because in the last few months, I've had my camera with me everywhere. And I've been documenting everything. I, don't, I just didn't want to get it wet today. Yeah, that process was fun and experimental because I'm, I'm so used to creating from a standpoint of production. I need a crew. I need a studio. I need to have perfect lighting and blah, 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 blah. All, all these things that... Um,
0: dot, 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 dot. Yeah, exactly. Right?
1: Delays. And with this, I went to the dollar store. I got a black Bristol board and a very cheap LED lights and just... Put it behind my. My girlfriend Jasmine was holding the black background. Is behind she your it. beloved? She is.
0: Oh, we'll talk about that. <laughs> Anyways, keep going. Sorry. Yes. So,
1: yeah, just snapping pictures and rediscovering my craft in different ways, and I've been doing that continuously all all of uh, this winter. I have. I haven't shared a bulk of it actually but I've been creating almost uncontrollably because I'm no longer letting myself plan. Just
0: going I'm with it. I'm letting it flow through flow me. Right.
1: And the results have been magical. The, the work that I've been producing has been beyond what I've produced in the past. And the only reason I haven't shared it yet is because I'm, I'm looking to find new ways to monetize what I do. Right. Um, Being a photographer in 2020 is like really common. Like, I've been doing this for a long time. So, I was a part of the industry when the industry was you know, you submit your stuff to an agency, you do mailers, you have a printed portfolio, and all these things that are no longer relevant. There aren't gatekeepers anymore. The gatekeeper is the internet. So, with that being said, recognizing that I'm really restructuring the way I go about what I do both as an artist and as a businessman. So it's been fun because the one, the few things that I've been putting out there, I've actually kind of surprised. People have been contacting me like, oh, can I buy a print of this? It's, I, I've been selling more of uh, the, the random one-offs that I've been making than I have of Rapture actually, which, I find interesting, I but I also get it. Not everyone wants naked people on their wall. Well, <laughs> I'm
0: sorry. I have my eye on one of those pieces because when I wake up in the morning, it's what I want to see, and we'll talk about that. But I'm seriously, uh, I, I when I wake up, I have a space for it. My real estate wall space is very limited because I have a lot of. I collect black art. I live in a world of black art. Uh, Somebody comes into my home, doesn't know who I am, they'll know that a black person lives (laughs) here without even seeing a picture of me because I surround myself with... My community, my Africanness, my blackness, mm. and so I—I I, is a piece that I know went on your site, and I saw the dimensions. I feel like I've got the real estate wall space for it, and I want to wake up and I want to see it every morning. And what's interesting, it's not the female um, version, but it's actually a male version of the male fellow, uh, masculine back. principle. And it's interesting because I—I usually am very drawn to. Women mm. in my artwork, but that piece I need to have it.
1: That piece is uh, one of the three that are the most special of the series. Um, the most story. It's it's a it's a story that um, isn't for the mass public. So we'll have a conversation. We'll have a conversation about, yes.
0: about that. But mm. that that's the one I kept coming back to mm. at your exhibit, and I was like. And I want to see the first thing in the morning when I open my eyes. Let's talk about 143, I Love mm. You, at Union, the Union Station exhibit. I love you too. Aww.
1: And I loved that project. That project was, that that's allowed me to step into even a newer territory.
0: Great collaboration piece.
1: Fantastic uh, collaboration with all the photographers involved, the curator, Juan, Union, TD. Everyone made sure that vision was executed to its fullest. My my only qualm with it is that it's only for the period that it's for.
0: It ends March when?
1: March 28th. That's what I thought, yeah. Personally, I would love it if some of those pieces, even if it's not mine, just could find permanent space space within union because black love isn't a... It's not popular. It, it's not a short-term conversation. It's an ongoing dialogue. And it's something that deserves continued dialogue and continued presence and continued visibility. I find that, especially like in mainstream, uh, the only time, like, if I'm walking down Dundas Square and I see an ad that depicts a black person who's in a relationship it's either interracial or queer or uh, vague and you're not getting a sense of like just a black family unit that's For real. that's actually something that's kind of hidden from the mainstream media at this stage which uh, I have my theories on it which is like part of one of the vlogs that I can't do but um, but isn't
0: that speaking to the invisibility of who we are um, the whole idea that there are these loving black families. I've grown up in a loving... Uh, so age, did I. Right? And exponentially, we could go cousins and mm-hmm. aunts and both sides, and we have that, so that it's common it's experience. It's a strange thing because... So, but we don't see
1: it. I don't see it in mainstream media, and friends of mine who like work in media will often approach conversations about black love or black family from a standpoint of trauma. I, I also understand because there's a lot of trauma in the black community that's a very real thing. However, it still throws me off that it's the main conversation rather than just recognizing the black family as well. Like the Cosby family, the the Banks family, that that concept still exists in For real you know, life. It's not just... A television. There's not just some television thing from the 90s. That's like, right. That's still a very real dynamic. However, it's and a
0: real part of the black experience that yes. we often feel like you know um, the whole idea that we do generally grow up in single uh, women homes mm. and the lack of the presence of a of a father figure mm. and not to negate that does happen but there's also this other part of the this story the part of that it. we don't hear and about. And then like
1: there's nuance because well my father and my mother broke up when I was eleven. My father was still in my life, though. Right. I'm going to Trinidad this Friday to go see him. We have a wonderful relationship. Right. And that's something that doesn't exist in media. That's not being presented on the grand scale of things. It's, uh, it's hidden. It's concealed. And it's, it's very intentional. Um, I have worked in advertising for a long time so when I see an ad I know exactly what they're thinking when they're like alright we need uh, to hit these demographics we need to so make sure this this feels represented but not right. too represented because right. we don't want to intimidate our core clients it's it's really planned it's extremely planned so I haven't worked in industry for so long I, I know how the game works and honestly everything that I'm doing at this stage is an act of war as well as an act of love
0: I love that the dichotomy between the
1: two it it has to happen change is needed and change isn't going to happen by doing things passively or you know not taking action Mm -hmm. there's endless conversations about blackness and uh, being a person of color and being a woman or being a man and emotional vulnerability and conversations are great They they, uh, spark things. However, actions are what's needed. That's right. And I was at a panel yesterday. And it had nothing related to the topics we're talking about today. But it was a panel about business and developing in business and things like that. And I found it really strange because a lot of the conversation that they were having on the panel was stuff that like i've already heard on youtube it wasn't um anything inspiring anything new a, different a- anything, lens anything specifically relevant either and it got me thinking wouldn't it make more sense to use this gathering of people and develop a set of actions that we can all do and we're all just obligated to do and it's like an easy action but it'll make a difference that that it seems simpler it's less air um speaking elements, talk, <laughs> and it, it's more earth and fire. It's action, and right. it's something that gives people something to take accountability for rather than just giving them something to think about. With that being said, uh, one for three. Let's let, loop, let, let loop it back Let me loop back in, to, sorry. <laughs> all
0: right, so I'm going to say, as I, I walk through Union Station <laughs> every day, well, three days a week because I'm only downtown three days a week, and the first piece i saw was just a small piece of your beloved and another beautiful black woman I and think, i yeah. stopped mm-hmm. my, my tracks i stopped and i was like there's ishmael's beloved and i thought <laughs> oh he must be doing something here and that was maybe before they rolled out the pe- mm-hmm. the larger pieces and every day I will meander through <laughs> and stop and look and, and chat people up too. I, I have to tell you, I chat up all kinds of people. Oh, yeah, I know this photographer. I appreciate yeah, that. I, and, and, <laughs> yeah, I chat people up and talk about the work. And just for me, it was it's, it's so refreshing to see black love, mm-hmm. the power, and it's cross-generational.
1: So bringing it back to the importance of the visibility of the black family, I chose to photograph myself and my siblings. Beautiful, beautiful. Because those are the people in this world who I have the most unity with. Those are the people who, in addition to my parents, raised me and check me on my nonsense all the time. Those are the people who encourage me and believe in me and celebrate me in a way that No one else can. I received so much praise on the night of rapture and all of it was like, yeah, thanks. But when my sister was bigging me up, when my mom was bigging me up, when my brothers were bigging me up, I was in tears. That was extremely important to me to make sure that when I created that visibility of us and in addition to that, what we represent, um, I was wearing a big Ankh on my chest. I noticed that, and yes. the four of us were in the formation of an Ankh because family is life. And I wanted to make so sure deep. that it was something that anyone who knows even like a little bit about what the Ankh is, it subliminally just imprints on their mind and lets them recognize liberty because the culture around us is about destruction and we need more liberty.
0: I love that. Words of encouragement for creatives, artists, (laughs) particularly in this new world order that we we live in. You spoke to it yourself, Mm -hmm. how before there was a whole process about uh, as a photographer or just a creative. It doesn't even have to be a photographer because I feel like the the genesis is the same Mm. drive. It Uh, is. Words of encouragement.
1: Something that I have really only come into within the last few weeks. Um, when you are a creative and you are both seeking personal validation and commercial success, you need to let go of the need for control. Oh. The need for control is something that exists in so many different facets of how we create. Um, For example, visual artists will look at their old work and feel some kind of disdain towards it because they've outgrown it so much and they might want to delete it from their page or tear it out of their portfolio or whatever. And that's, once again, a need for control. You don't know who's going to love it. For real. You You don't know who it's for. Sometimes you just have to let things go to the world because it's not yours anymore. You created it for the world. And when you try to control their narrative too much when you try to control the process too much when you try to control the growth too much you are cutting yourself off from organic real life opportunity real life growth real life understandings and in today's digital culture where you know it's expected to pump out fast content and do things at a pace that is kind of unnatural that there are ways to do it but generally speaking it might not always align with what you are trying to do for real do both like for me i'm realizing that my fast content is i can do composites like working on a rapture project and like taking these pictures of people and putting them in the sky and everything like that i did that for over a thousand different images so I got really good at it in the process. So in that, I realized, okay, well, I can cut things out and create scenes and create compositions. And that's great for me because I'm really uninspired by Toronto. So I need new locations to work with. And I can't always travel because traveling is expensive. Correct. But you know what's not expensive? Royalty-free images for backgrounds and scenes and creating scenes that just wouldn't happen otherwise. So... For me that's what that is for me i figured out what my fast grind is in contrast to what my steady is with that being said don't get caught up in having to be stuck on what you think your identity is as an artist because you're allowed to develop you're allowed to grow and you're allowed to adapt to what the times are
0: and the piece that resonates with me when you say that so my son the other day rang me up and he was like oh mom I want you to know that I listened to all of your episodes of your podcast. But you know what, Mom? It sounds like you're just starting out. I said, that's because I am. Mm. (laughs) So am I. And part of it, I said to him, is that you've got to start somewhere. Mm. You've got to start. And these episodes are going to be the foundational episodes Mm. that when I look back, there will be some kind of growth i would hope
1: entirely right as entirely. i as
0: i do more learn more but i just thought my son was so funny and i'm and i'm good with
1: that because i started this makes me go <clears throat> to another point we're never not starting out ah. the culture is always changing the medium is always changing as individuals we're always changing i have 14 years experience as a photographer but if i'm being completely honest i feel like i'm only figuring out things now i'm just starting to get a grasp on what it is i want to do and i've gone through this many times in the past and at this stage i'm looking at like all right i need to make sure i'm maneuvering like these young kids because they're always the future i don't want to be like many of my peers who have been shooting for 20 30 years and are frustrated with the way things are now because the industry has changed so much or feel like there just isn't work anymore like I'm going to create it. Simple. I don't need the validation of brands or Vogue or any, any of that. that to to make me feel like I'm capable of doing this. I'm doing it. So, that would be my advice to anyone who's developing in their Just craft. Just do it. Just do it. Recognize that you are always starting. You are always developing. And you are allowed to adapt and try new things and fail and succeed and have more I encourage you to have more failures and successes and share the failures too because in today's culture people care more about the process and what happened to get to the finished product than they actually do about the finished product
0: so tell me about the vlog in terms of I think you're awesome. I Thank you, you. you're very natural. You come across very. Um, I, I liked the spa voice the other day. <laughs> that, 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 was, that I was like, yeah, that's so on point. Yeah, I, 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 I got I got to work I
1: um a couple of messages after of that. I was like, I'm taken.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I I I could see how that would happen because that was like I was drawn in immediately. So, as you continue this vlogging. Are you more comfortable with it because you
1: yeah all i had to do was get past that first mental hurdle and now it's easy at this stage it's just finding the time to sit down in front of the camera and make sure i'm staying relevant while i'm doing it um i would like to avoid just vlogging for the sake of vlogging and mm. you know keeping up with content calendars that's It's not, a lot of work though. That's not my focus right now. I actually just want to create. So like every day I pick up my camera and I'm like all right, well what am I creating today? And sometimes it's a vlog, sometimes it's an image, sometimes it's just photo journaling, sometimes it's street photography or flowers or, or just whatever grabs my eye that day. And It's awesome. So long as I stay in that mode of creation, I feel good. With the vlog, I I have some plans. Like, I know I want to do tutorials. Um, I know I want to be more educational on it in terms of what I do as a craft. I know I want to be educational on it in terms of, like, spiritual development and what Mm -hmm. I have gone through and experienced and what has brought me to where I'm at right now. I have a lot of brothers who hit me up and want me to speak to them on the ones or on the vlog on that kind of vibe because you know people know me i I, i'm very aware i have an energy i'm very aware i I have an aura and sometimes i intentionally emit it sometimes it just kind of does its own thing thing. Mm -hmm. but that took work and a lot of research and then a lot of forgetting the research (laughs) and then relearning the research
0: remembering the research and the power
1: and then a lot of letting go of all the research because I'm, I'm learning more and more that the more external things I learn, like zodiacs or numerology or, you know, tarot things that are outside of me, they're outside of me, meaning they, they aren't I am. Oh, that's deep. So with that being said, I've been diving more and more into that and recognizing what I am as an entity and what that means and how to um, convey that in my craft, convey that in my interactions, and make sure that every, every direction that I place my energy, I, I'm doing so very intentional at this stage. So, yeah, that, that's where the vlog's going as well.
0: Ishmael Waterman, you are, black-nificent. You <laughs> are black You are black-excellent. Thank you. How do people get in touch with you? How do we find you?
1: Uh, are we almost done
0: already? I don't even know. I I, I wasn't not. even paying attention to. Um, I just been talking <laughs> and talking and talking. I and hope I,
1: not. You can reach me at ishmaelwaterman.com. I S H M I L. No A. No E. <laughs> P- my my name is spelt phonetically. My my father didn't look at any references when spelling it he just kind of sounded it out and it stuck i think if you just type in my first name i pop up pretty quickly because of that my last name is waterman waterman i am a pisces scorpio moon cancer ascendant so i'm very watery very flowy that's uh a, a big part of the energy that's and pretty it. awesome <laughs> with that last
0: name and yeah. that connection yeah wow mm-hmm. that's deep i keep saying that's deep <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, my website, my social media handles are all that, Ishmael Waterman, and I'm really accessible, so, you know, hit me up. One of the things I was
0: most taken back, and it it touched me, I'm going to go back to the rapture, was the black love I saw between you and your beloved. Oh, you should see the smile, people. Oh, <laughs> uh, there's, there's no words. And, and you were speaking about your peace, and you were acknowledging how your beloved had helped in the process. And I was like, <gasps> yeah. So, black love, you live it, you breathe it.
1: Jasmine is, it's so hard to find words that even do her justice, or do justice to what she brings into my life. I'm by nature an extremely floaty person, uh, an extremely, my head's always in the clouds, and she does such a magnificent job of making sure my feet are on the ground, and making sure that whatever my flights of whimsy are, that I apply myself in the physical realm, to bring them forward. And that is something that I had sought for so long in my life. And I, I remember our earliest interactions. And actually, one of our first real interactions was me initiating in that type of energy. And that's, that's what she has been to me. She, she is my rock she, she holds yours. me down and I lift her up and we, our, our dynamic is movies aren't as good as this love. Well, listen, I, <laughs> listen,
0: I, I um, love black movies about love. My mom and I, we go out to a lot of movies in uh, Queen and Slim.
1: I haven't seen it yet. Oh. I, I just saw the photograph recently. Oh, and that,
0: that. Oh.
1: That was great. That was uh That
0: took my breath away and You know what I
1: loved most about the photograph? It's probably the first black love movie I've seen that wasn't the typical American struggle love story. Mm. It was like just really genuine. It was simple and it happened naturally and it was it was all relatable. It didn't feel like a a Tyler Perry attempt to shun black men in, in, some, <laughs> in, in some aspect of the movie or what, what's the woman who does scandal? I can't remember her name. The way she always always places a black woman with a white man in power as mm. though that is the, the precipice and th- what I loved the most about the photograph it, it was just real. It was real it, it, it's, it's exactly what black love my, my experience of black love. Has
0: been and I, my mom and I just went to see the photographer, or the the photo. Yeah, I think it's mm-hmm. called the photographer uh, with Isarae. The photograph, yes. The photograph, yes. And I ood and odd through it because it was how they just looked at each other longingly. Right. It it was it was not what was being verbalized that moved me. It was the essence of what they how they looked at each other and. I guess I'm a hopeless romantic at heart, <laughs> and I was all over it. I stray, I was like, he looked at
1: her, she looked at him, and I was like, oh, I can't even put words yeah, it, to it, it right? You captured that energy beautifully. It was
0: so beautiful. And so, again, the whole idea that as we're watching movies and we are taking ownership to speak about... Our love relationships in a real way, Um, not Hollywood, Hollywood fight or Mm. someone's idea of what they think. Is it Lena Waith spoke about the the, um, one of the producers, writers of Queen and Slim? She spoke about how she was very clear to the film movie execs that she had to have black note takers because they would understand mm-hmm. the black experience mm-hmm. and she wouldn't have to explain it she didn't want to explain it.
1: I, I I really need to go watch it.
0: Yeah. Okay, one other thing before we do wrap up. Uh, we do
1: have to. <laughs> I know, you keep saying that we don't <laughs> have to.
0: I, I was going through your bio and I read about res- Expressive as Maven and mystic. Ishmael is the co-founder of Halo Cult, a spiritual and creative collective of free thinkers and creators. Talk about that. What's that all about? (laughs) Because a bit of a dichotomy between Halo and cult, I think sometimes in the language, people don't see them together. It's
1: very intentional. The word cult has a stigma on it, but The word cult is the root of the word culture. It's the root of the word cultivates. It's within the word occult, which means that which is hidden, which we are. And halo being a corona, light. Light. It is a collective of people who are very aware of the light within and wish to express it to the world in a way that helps develop the world. And with that being said, that can be expressed in any way that's music that's photography that's painting that's sculpting that's devices with halo cults i presently have a product on it which is an ankh the ankh that i had on my chest in the 143 project i obsessively researched the ankh for about five years because anytime i look at the depictions in ancient kemet you always see a nature or a god holding an onk, and they'll be doing things like holding it to the nose of someone to initiate them and things like that. And black people don't do things for nothing. Things are intentional. Mm. Things have meaning. Mm. So I I spent a lot of time understanding what that was and what the anatomy behind those depictions were. It's all written on the blog, but essentially, if I were to put it in shorthand, The ankh is an electromagnetic tool that is resonant with uh, portals and manifestation on a human body. Its shape is the exact same shape as the musculature on your pelvic floor, the musculature within your heart, the musculature within your larynx, and the arterial system at the base of your brain. So that is life, that is life, that is sound, that is thoughts manifest. So essentially when it's held, to the nose it stimulates um your pineal gland because your pineal gland has a magnetic coating and there's a whole lot of science behind this but to not go too far over anyone's head it stimulates blood flow okay very good very good it stimulates blood flow to the pineal gland pineal phonetically is very similar similar to penile uh that is because when blood flow is increased it becomes engorged uh, and when it becomes engorged, you increase your sensitivity. Okay. So this this kind of fits into the whole um, statement of as above, so below. You could say as above, so below the belt. Your anatomy is reflected in your own body. That's one project that's sitting on Halo Cult. And we have a couple of other things coming. The graphic novel is another one. And essentially, we are creators who are creating with purpose and intention and a desire to initiate and catalyze change in the world and change in the way people think and change in the way people think about their creativity. Because, like, once again, coming back to music, you can probably list about a dozen rappers who are rapping about their (laughs) right now. Uh, Maybe only, like, three to five rappers who are rapping about something that is stimulating consciousness. So with that being said, the, the intention is to help shift things more in the conscious direction. (laughs) <laughs> right. Well,
0: it's important though, mm-hmm. right? Uh, the foundation, the culture, the conscious music. Mm-hmm. That's the piece that stays with you. That's Funk- the piece that keeps you grounded.
1: Funkadelic said it, free your mind
0: and y- Fo- <laughs> 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 And that's why old school music is so important mm-hmm. because it there's a legacy in that music. Entirely. That and I know people... I always feel like a, this is a conversation you know, with the person and back in my day. It, but it's really... It's facts. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I keep thinking like, Carolyn, you're starting to sound like your conversation elderly people would have. But no, I facts. just feel like... the m-
1: Before my day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know what I mean? And the power of that music. Every Tuesday morning, I listen to community radio. And the DJ does. I don't want to call out any names, but well, maybe I should. The Drill Squad. Mm-hmm. Every Tuesday morning, six till nine, they play the wickedest, and they do house, R and B, hip hop. But it's all back in the day, and some of the tunes. I'm just like, oh my gosh. I remember, and it's the longevity of those tunes to be stayed today and still have people rocking it's and singing. It's music that singing. actually
1: makes you want to dance. For real. Like, you can't help it. it. It makes you hit a two-step, a spin, and everything like that, and it just comes naturally. Like The concept of like a show like Soul Train back <sighs> in the day. Don't go
0: there, please. Don't the, go. The, the only
1: reason why Soul Train can't exist right now is because music doesn't have soul.
0: Oh, that's so deep. When I came to England, when I came to Canada from England, Soul Train, one of the first shows I ever saw, had no idea it wasn't even taped in Canada. I wanted to be a Soul Train dancer at 12 years old. I was like, I don't even know what this is. I'd never seen anything like it. I just knew. And so when people see me dancing in my joyous abandonment and... Listen, I'm doing my soul train thing. Straight. That yeah,
1: twelve year old in the is through I, you.
0: Hello. Hello. Free up. Don't uh, business. She says, what happened to that girl over there? <laughs> the music man. The music. The music. Ishmael, I am gonna wrap up with you. I don't even know. This was so
1: deep.
0: It's so organic as people can tell there's it is what it is. This is what we do. I want to thank you for being a part of my legacy project. I'm absolutely sure there will be a next time. We we, we have I'm this thing definitely be connecting again.
1: Thank you for again. having me here. This, is, uh, th- this was fun. and That's it, it, the it, whole it's, point. It's another thing that I, I'm really enjoying putting myself out and making my presence more of an energy in new spaces. So this is uh, entirely in alignment, so I'm, I'm, I'm very grateful.
0: I'm absolutely thrilled to have you. As I said before, I'm going to say again, you are black Thank you. You are black excellence. And I'm, I'm your host, Carolyn Morris Walker. And I am looking forward to sharing the next episode with you so you can see more of the black neficence and more of the Black excellence that we got right here in this city. Let me tell you something. We are going with things, you know.